Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Lebrano. And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you very much for spending your time with us. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. And now the Stanley Cup final matchup has been decided. And now is your chance to get in on the action and make the games even more exciting because Bet Online is offering you the chance to win some money while you watch because they are offering lines, spreads, and props on every game of the Stanley Cup so you never have to worry about missing out on the action. But whether it's the Stanley Cup finals, the NBA playoffs, or any other sport, Bet Online has you covered, so head on over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week we'll be joined by Jared Brown from Draft Pro Hockey to discuss their new draft guide, but first... Jess, I got a bit of a surprise for us. Joining us this week is from the U.S. NTDP Center, Red Savage, to discuss his journey and what he's expecting going in to University of Miami next year and the NHL draft. So how about we go ahead right on into that? Sound good? Oh, hey, dude, you did a great job here. This is going to be a really good talk, too, because here's a kid that a lot of people have a lot of promise for. All right, let's do it. And joining me now from the U.S. NTDP is Red Savage. Red, thank you so much for joining me, man. Yeah, thank you. Pretty cool what you guys got going on here. We want to get to know you a little bit better because you come from a super cool background in hockey. Father played quite a few years in the NHL. Both your brothers played hockey, but you come from Arizona. The hockey scene down there has changed so much, even you know, from when I was born. We're only a couple years apart. So was there like a lot of pressure for you to play a sport other than hockey, or is that always going to be your plan in life? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's pretty amazing growing up in Arizona because there's so many opportunities to play every sport imaginable it's the coldest it gets there is like 60 degrees so you can you can golf all year round you can play football all year round so i had a ton of opportunities to play uh, different sports and i really love playing uh golf and, and soccer and football so I played a lot of those growing up but but hockey was really what what i stuck to and uh what i played pretty much my whole life so even like nowadays i know you don't live there anymore but would you say that hockey has grown a lot down south and specifically in arizona yeah, definitely. When I was like growing up and playing there, it really wasn't that big of a hockey scene. There was only really four or five rinks in two hour radius of, of Phoenix. So yeah, it's definitely grown a lot. There's a ton of awesome talent coming out of there. It, it all really started with uh, with Austin Matthews and, and he really paved the way. And now there's hundreds of kids that play hockey out of Arizona now. So it's pretty cool to see how far it's come and pretty awesome to see how much it's grown in the desert. And you went from one side of the spectrum to the other. You started in Arizona, where it's a million degrees, ended up in Michigan, where it's as cold as it could possibly get without going into Canada. Was that like a huge culture shock for you? Yeah, both of my parents are actually from uh, northern Ontario up in Sudbury. So we would visit quite a bit during the year and we'd, we'd spend just about every summer there. So it was a little bit of an adjustment uh, that first winter. Uh, hitting those negative temperatures and, and getting snow for the really the first time. But yeah, I love it here in Michigan. It's definitely a little colder than Arizona. I wish I could uh, golf and stuff year round, but I love it here. Obviously, you're there because the USNTDP is one of the most well-respected programs for junior hockey in the world. What are some things that you learned playing as part of the development program that maybe you wouldn't have learned elsewhere? 
Yeah, I think the NGDP is just a, it's really a, a way to fast track your professionalism and your mentality. It's a way to really just really work on your development and push yourself each day. You really form into a, a routine of, of just getting better on a daily basis. And you really have a ton of opportunities with the amount of people you have behind you at the NTDP and uh, the amount of uh, opportunities and, and just ways to develop your game and and develop both on and off the ice. It's uh, next to none. And I'm really uh, thankful for everything that they've done for me over the past two years. What are some of your favorite moments now that you've been playing in the red, white, and blue for a little bit? Yeah, really anytime you put on that jersey, it's it's something special. And just every day, it's it's pretty amazing being able to wear your country's flag on, on your chest. And some of my favorite memories is playing abroad and going overseas and being able to play up in up in Canada against Canada is, is pretty special. And uh, we recently went down to Dallas for Worlds and being able to play in front of your home country, it's it's pretty special too. So a ton of great memories and a ton of great friendships. Up next in your playing career, you're off to Miami, Ohio. Your father played there. Your brother's there right now. Did having family history at the school make the decision to be a Red Hawk that much easier? Or was there a chance that you were going off somewhere else? Yeah, definitely. I uh, I knew about Miami from a pretty young age. My dad was always harping on it. He's a he's a really big fan of everything they have there, and just the amount of resources and facilities they have there. It's it's really top notch when it comes to college hockey. And I I really wasn't uh, shopping really many other schools. Uh, my brother uh, was committed there before I was, and he really made it easy for me to to really want to go there. Me and my older brother are three years apart, so. We never really got the opportunity to play with each other growing up. It's kind of that that awkward age gap where you don't really get to play with each other when you're really younger because he was always bigger and stronger than me. So I'm really excited to be able to play with him for the first time. And yeah, my parents are super excited to see us play together. Now, like you said before, you've gone across you know the world, traveled to different countries, playing against some of the best players in the world at your age group. Is there any part of the college hockey game that scares you a little bit? Maybe something you're going to have a little bit of a tough time transitioning into? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough league. If you're playing against men, it's going to be a lot different. There's there's 26-year-olds that I'm going to be playing against, which is going to be a pretty big eye-opener. But we played a couple college hockey games this year for the U18 squad, and it was a ton of fun. And I love the competition when it's when you're able to play against people that are bigger and stronger than you. It, it's a ton of fun and being able to to push my limits and, and try to develop as much as possible. I'm going to have a big opportunity and I'm, I'm really excited for it. Now, obviously, the NHL draft is coming up. Your name is being discussed as one of the top prospects. So let's talk a little bit about you as a player. What would you say you do better than other players in your age group? I really focused these past two years on on trying to grow and affect games, even if I don't get on the stat sheet. I think the biggest part of my game right now is I really focus a lot on the penalty kill, and I play pretty much most of penalty kills that w- we had over the past two years. So that that's a really big part of my game, and I think just the the tenacity and work ethic I have in my game it's really what drives me, and I think I I create a lot of momentum for my team and and take a lot of momentum away from the other teams anyone can watch your game write a report but i want to hear from you what's a part of your game that not enough people are talking about a lot of people really love to harp on my defensive game but i think my offensive game kind of goes under the radar a little bit i think i was pretty high up on on our stat sheet for our team and there's tons of talent on my team which is pretty easy to say that's the pretty much an all-star team but I think uh, my offensive game goes under the radar a little bit, but it's something that I'm continuing to work on and I hope uh, to develop it even more in these couple of years.
If you had to compare yourself to a player in the league right now, who would you compare yourself to? Our coach gave us uh, comparables that to try to model our game after over the past two years. And we're able to watch film and stuff on those players. And someone that I've really watched closely is, is Ryan O'Reilly. He's someone that is always working all over the ice. And even if he doesn't get on the, the score sheet during a game, he's, he's affecting games in pretty much every way. So he's someone that I really try to model my game after. If you were in the NHL, you get to pick two line mates from anyone in the league. Who would you want to be on your line? I think I'm a, I think I'm a more natural fit as a centerman just because of my 200-foot game and everything. But I think it'd obviously be pretty cool to play with Alec Ovechkin on the wing, just be able to, to, to rack up the secondary. It's just from, just from snapping it around to him. And then one of my idols growing up, and he lives uh, on our lake in Sudbury, Nick Felino. He's a veteran in the league, and he's been a captain for a really long time. So I think I'd love to play with him and, and learn a ton from him. So while we're on the topic of line mates, Red, I think you've got the coolest name of anyone in this upcoming draft. So if you had to pick two line mates to make the sickest hockey name line in the history of the NHL, who would you want on that line with you? That's tough. Let me see. One of the favorite names <laughs> over the NHL is uh, my favorite is Danny Heatley. Love that name. And he's got a pretty fun uh, energy to him. This is 07. You guys are putting up at least 50. Yeah, 50 and 07. <laughs> Another cool name, he's actually on my team right now, is Chaz Lucius. It's a pretty unique name, and I don't know many people named Chaz, so it's pretty cool. If you had to pick one teammate right now who you're going to miss the most when you go and play in college next year, who are you going to pick? Yeah, that's tough. I, I played with a ton of pretty amazing teammates, and a lot of them uh, maybe flew under the radar a little bit and got a little bit unnoticed. But uh, someone that I played together pretty much the whole year was uh, Justin Janicki. He's someone that, that we have really similar playing types and we played a lot together as that checking role and being able to shut down those top lines. And Liam Gilmartin's another guy who, who I played with a lot this year and Dylan Duke, one of my best friends, Sean Barron's ton of guys that I'm going to miss next year. I'll leave you this last question. So we have fans of teams throughout the league listening to this show. Why should a fan of a specific team be excited to have you on their team? Besides my name, uh, <laughs> fans should be excited for me because I think I'm going to be able to have a, a long lasting career just through my professionalism and my, my mentality. I'm, I'm pretty excited to be able to, to play as, as long as I can and hopefully uh, have a long, prosperous career and crossing my fingers that so I get drafted and I'm able to be put in a situation where I can I can play and, and have fun in the league. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Red Savage from the USNTDP, look out for his name on draft night. Red, thank you again so much for joining me, man. Loved having you. Best of luck with everything, but I'm sure I don't need to wish you that. I'm sure you're going to do just fine on your own, but uh, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. So that was Red Savage from the USNTDP. And guys, let me tell you something. I am stoked for this guy's career. Not only does this guy play at a very high level and has an incredibly well-rounded game, Red talked about working on his professionalism and how he wants to carry himself, and I can back him up on everything. Absolutely incredible guy. It was a pleasure to have him on here. Jess, I cannot wait to see where he ends up on draft night because I know it's going to be someplace nice. But speaking of the 2021 draft, Jess, coming up next, we've got Jared Brown from Draft Pro Hockey to come on and talk about the whole shebang with us. I think we've got another good one here. Uh, draft Pro guys, I take my hat off to them. These guys do such good work. Their attention to detail, going through it. Man, this is, this is like the perfect draft guide. 
if you're looking to follow the draft and who your team is going to pick, I'm telling you right now, this is one of the guys that you need to get. It's going to, and what's even better about it is there's going, there, there's in addition to this year's draft, they also talk about the next two years draft and an article about Connor Bedard, the wonder kid who's coming out from the Regina Pats. It's a must have. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Jared Brown from Draft Pro Hockey. But before we get to that, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's episode, Moink Meat. July 4th is just around the corner, and that means it is time to fire up the barbecue. And why not have anything but the best meat possible to celebrate? And that's where Moink comes in. Meat that comes from the larger companies are not held to the same standard as the little guys. And Moink can reassure you that you will have some of the best meat that you will ever taste. And you can join the Moink movement today if you go to moinkbox.com slash believe. Right now, and listeners to this show, get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but it's for a limited time only. So, head on over to moinkbox.com slash believe. That's M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe. And now, over to Jared. And joining us now from Draft Pro Hockey, Jared Brown once again. Jared, thank you for coming back on, man. We always love having you. Yeah, thanks for having me back on, guys. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy this one. Yeah, Jared, so let's get right into it. New 2021 NHL Draft Guide already out for everyone to go pick up, draftprohockey.com. Jared, this thing is a behemoth. The draft guide itself is 270 pages. The yearbook is even bigger. How did you guys pull this off? It was just a you know a combined effort with uh, all of our staff at Draft Pro. Uh, time was put into this. Tireless hours, long nights, getting this all put together, ready for uh, the draft in July. And, uh, you know, I just can't say enough about the staff we have at Draft Pro Hockey, you know, starting from our uh, our director, uh, Dan Stewart, uh, leading the charge to everyone down, you know, to all of our scouts that compiled uh, game reports so we could provide this comprehensive and extensive draft guide. Obviously, things aren't totally back to normal. COVID is still a real thing, especially in Canada. But the draft is so much different even this year compared to what it was last year. So what's different this time around compared to when we had you on last time for the draft guide? Are things easier? What's harder? Tell us all about the process. I think there was good and bad with, uh, obviously, the draft this year and scouting it. Uh, especially with COVID, one being, um, you know, a lot of our scouts, including myself, weren't able to be in ranks to scout and get live viewings on these players. But, you know, I will say one good thing was that we were able to get a, a lot of viewings on overseas players with how the year went. You know, we had to find access through uh, video services to get viewings on all these players and wherever they were playing obviously you know i got way more viewings on overseas players than i have in previous years of scouting and so that's a plus for me uh, and plus for all of our other scouts so i'd say good and bad but uh, at the end of the day nothing beats a live viewing when you go into the building and you see a player and you're able to uh, follow them wherever they go because obviously as we know when you're watching a game through whether it's, uh, you know, watching it through the TV or uh, streaming uh, video service, you can't see the player at all times, especially when they go for a line change and all that. We all have a pretty good idea that Owen Power is going to go first overall to the Buffalo Sabres. But after that, who are some guys, in your opinion, that you think we should keep our eyes on? Well, it's going to be an absolute 
crapshoot almost, I would say, after number one, even though I think it is Owen Power, like you said, that goes number one. And if he doesn't go number one, then we're in for a treat to see what happens. But I think it really could be anyone from a two to 10 range rank that can go number two. There are so many players that are just around the same quality I I would uh, classify them as. And it's going to come down to how much these organizations, how much these teams have done their due diligence and their their scouting and mainly through uh, video scouting, video Zoom calls with the players to try and get a gauge on their character, their personality and all that. So it really could be interesting. And obviously, uh, I don't believe we're going to have another draft combine. So no fitness testing results and all that. And that's another big key. That's a part of the draft that we'll see a player rise uh, come draft day or, or uh, slip come draft day, how they did in the, at the combine and the fitness, uh, fitness testing. So I think it's going to be really interesting from two to 10. I look at a guy like Branch Clark as a guy I really like, very offensive, smooth, high IQ defenseman. I mean, the, the game comes to him and he can slow it down. Uh, Luke Hughes is just a bigger version of his older brother, Quinn, not as offensively gifted, but he's a horse back there. He, he's going to do it all. Yeah, and that's something that he brings to the table. And then um, Jesper Wallstad, even the goalie. Uh, I would say the goalie is a guy that he could go anywhere from two to 10 and see where he goes, but he's a special goalie. Yeah, Jared, we were talking before. You said that you wouldn't hate the idea of Wallstead going at two to Seattle. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'll dive a little bit in. I mean, if I was running the draft table for Seattle, I'd be pushing to draft Wallstead at number two. And I think it's a little recency bias, but at the end of the day, how important the goaltending position is in hockey. I mean, and we're seeing it come to fruition right now in the playoffs. You have arguably the two best goalies going up to play for the Stanley Cup with Carey Price and Vasilevsky, Tampa Bay versus Montreal. For Seattle, you can you can pick some of these other really quality defensemen or forwards, and they're going to become hopefully a top pairing guy or a top forward, top line scorer for you. But I think the position has never seen a more importance than we're seeing right now and that you need a number one goalie to have success you need an elite goalie that can steal you games and give you success in the playoffs if you want to win 16 games and so I think if you're Seattle you look at a guy in Wallstadt who I think has franchise tag potential and he just looks as calm as Carey Price in there in, in the net I think he, he's someone that I don't see a lot of holes in his game already and he's played against men for so long, and he's already seen so much success in his early career. Definitely worthy of a second overall selection. Seattle just names their new head coach, Dave Hextall. They've got Ron Francis at the GM spot. Expansion draft has not happened yet, but where do you see Seattle lining up amongst these other teams and how well they should do in this upcoming draft? I know you guys do team reports for every single NHL team coming up in the draft in your draft guide. Where does Seattle rank amongst the teams that are going to be well off in this upcoming draft? I think they'll be well off for one reason. I think that is Ron Francis. Keep in mind, he was an architect in Carolina scouting success in recent years. Ron Francis is a guy who he loves drafting players that are talented, but highly intelligent players. He likes guys that more or less play like him when he played. But, you know, their hockey IQ pops off the charts. And that's one of the big key points 
in a player transitioning to the NHL is how they can think the game, process the game at a fast pace. They can slow it down when, when the game needs to be slowed down. And so I think, you know, when you have Ron Francis at the helm, you're going to have a good draft year. And I just think for them in their first draft, I think they can make a lot of moves. Obviously, as we saw Vegas do, I think other GMs are going to be smarter this time around and not have so many side deals. But I think they have a great opportunity to build a great prospect pool early on here with just the GM and the scouting team they have. I got to disagree with the not many side deals because I think a lot of GMs are going to be so worried about losing certain players that they will practically give away other prospects just to protect what they have. Definitely could be. And actually, the other thing is with the flat cap now going forward, I could see um, the same amount of side deals. And I think you're completely right, Jeff. I think maybe, I mean, Vegas lucked out. Vegas lucked out on some of the side deals they did make, like with Minnesota or Columbus. And so I think, you know, you will have more teams that are going to protect those young stars with uh, the Seattle expansion draft. Let's talk about what you guys have done, what your magazine put out, because it is an interesting setup to have actually a goalie selected second. That's really a radical take on it. I got to salute you on it. You know, there is some good players out there that they're going to say have Seattle passed over. Myself, personally, I think Dylan Gunther would be the better pick. But the thing I like about this yearbook is the fact that you guys go so deep into detail. I mean, the only thing you're missing is what kind of food he loves. (laughs) It's great. I love the fact that you do a main strength, a kid like Luke Hughes. I love the fact that you guys broke him down. You said he's an elite level mobility, composed and low panic under pressure, generates offensive opportunity. But then you come right back and you show his weaknesses of defensive awareness, get caught puck watching, needs strength, not very physical, see him as a top four defenseman, and see him in two to three years. I think that is awesome to see that kind of detail. My hat is off to you guys for all the hard work that you guys did putting this thing together. I'll speak for everyone at Draft Pro. I appreciate those those words, Jess. I mean, it was definitely something that we liked adding in this year, uh, which was different from last year, was adding in the the main strength, their main weakness, NHL style comparison, and their NHL ETA. Because I think that is a big part of not just, you know, giving a fan base a little projection of what type of player they are going to get. Keep in mind, there are average fans that they'll, they'll pay attention to the draft, but they're not going to know everything about, you know, like Dylan Gunther, Luke Hughes, Branch Clark, and all that. And, you know, a lot of them will want to know, when are we going to see? We drafted a guy in top five. When is he going to make the NHL if not next year? Okay, well, maybe a year from now or whatever. So something that we added in this year to the draft guy that I'm, I'm really excited for our uh, readers to, to read and look through and can't wait to, to keep it going forward. As a fellow scout, I think it's so important to have this kind of information. You have to show these weaknesses. It's not a knock on these kids, but it's just basically, hey, he needs to work harder in his defensive zone. Great. That's what they work on. His skating, everybody's got a skating coach. Physical strength, those type of things, I think, are important because I think a lot of these people, not a knock on the hockey world, it's the fans are fed a pot of gold. This pot of gold 
has some obstacles to get to. I like the professionalism that you guys showed and how you came along and put together these things. I just got to ask, how did you guys figure out the rankings? Uh, a lot of debating. <laughs> the, the rankings really came with a lot of debate and definitely wasn't easy to solidify the rankings, especially for everyone. You know, we, we had Dylan Gunther as high as number one. We had him as low as number seven with some of our scouts. This is definitely one of the toughest years I've been a part of in ranking a top 10 that is for this draft. There's a lot of things we looked at, and I think we look at their ability to translate into the NHL and impact and be effective in, in a high role. Uh, because at the end of the day, if you're drafting in the top 10, you want to get a top line player, you want to get a top pairing defenseman and all that, or you, you know you want to get a top goaltender. A lot of the rankings are going to come down to, all right, he's great now, as it is for all these top 10 players. You know, they are some of the, the best young talent outside of the NHL, but can they keep that up going forward? And can that translate into a top line role? Or is maybe he going to bottom out as a second liner? In the COVID years that we've had the last couple of years, for you guys to go through and do this work, it speaks a lot for your guys' dedication. And I want to give you guys major stick tapping for being able to put together such a, an impressive guide. This draft is going to be hard as it is for fans. It's going to be another virtual draft. Having books like this is, is really key for people to be able to understand the draft. Oh, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And again, I'll say on behalf of everyone at Draft Pro, we appreciate those words, Jess. We wanted to one-up ourselves from last year's draft guide. We wanted to improve, you know, just like, just like these players, right? We as a team at Draft Pro are always looking to improve and become better individuals in what we do and, and how we evaluate and how we go about producing our content for our listeners and our readers and everyone who uh, wants the intel on the best uh, players coming up in the NHL. And one other thing for me, how you guys also do some touching base with the 22 draft, the 23 draft, and then you do a feature on my favorite kid, Mr. Connor Bedard. Would you mind going in and telling me what it is you like about him? Because I think you're talking to one of his biggest fans. <laughs> on the, web. the one thing I love about him is he's a slight kid. And keep in mind, he's a 2005-year-old birthday. So obviously, he's not going to be the biggest kid right now. But he will drive to the middle ice like he is a power forward. He's going to go in there and he's not afraid of anyone on the ice. And he's always looking to be the best. He wants the puck on his stick. One thing I love watching, and it's, it's remarkable that he has this at his age, is not just his shot. We all know about his shot. You know, there's, that is self-explanatory. You've watched the highlights. Okay, he's got a great shot. But it's the fact that how he can hold the puck in his hip pocket, hold the puck on his forehand and on the side, and just kind of disguise where he's going to move that puck. Is he going to shoot that? Where is he going to shoot it? Top corner, right over the pad. Is he going to pass it off? He has a really high IQ with the puck and just a ton of deception and creativity that makes him such an elite talent. I mean, it's generational. Really, we're seeing like the next McDavid already, almost. He has got unreal hands. The hands are just lightning quick and he can just make plays at any speed of the game, which is such a, a high skill to do, especially when you're going to play in the NHL. And the fact that he's doing it now, I mean, his, his numbers alone in the WHL is 
borderline ridiculous. I mean, to, to put up the numbers he did in the WHL before he went to the UA teams with Team Canada is just historical. And I think this is a kid that is only going to get better as he continues to grow, continues to physically mature, and he's going to get quicker. He's a great skater, but he's not McDavid-like skater at his age, right? To add to that, like the skating is going to improve. The shot's going to improve even more. And imagine that shot in five years. I mean, that is, that's Ovechkin-like. I watch a kid who gets out on the ice, who makes his decisions, and he does it with such poise. I mean, he comes around, he lets the game come to him, rather than you see, especially at this level, so many people who try to rush the game to him. It is rather ridiculous to see a 15-year-old with this kind of maturity. I don't think he ever looks at the puck when he's handling it. <laughs> I think he's always got his head up and he's looking at a play, seeing what's in front of him. He knows how to pick apart a team's defense. You know, he's foreseeing the play he wants and then he executes on it because he has the skill and the talent to execute on it. You're right. I mean, borderline ridiculous, the maturity we see in a 15-year-old. And I think there's nothing but the ceiling of being the next top player for Bedard. I am so, so very impressed by what you guys have done, what you guys put together. I salute you guys because uh, this is a type of magazine that if you're going to go crazy about the draft, you need this book. You need it. You've got to have it. And if you don't buy it, shame on you. Yeah, Jared, not only do we love having you come on the show, the work you and your team do is absolutely incredible. This is a behemoth of a draft book. The yearbook is even bigger. That has game reports and everything on top of it. So enough of us telling you how great it is. Tell the people where they can get it. Well, thank you again, guys. Well, as we say, I mean, I really appreciate it. But if you would like to purchase our, uh, our draft guide or our draft yearbook, uh, the yearbook is an extensive part of our draft guide that features full game reports from all of our scouts over the past uh, year uh, on these draft eligible players and even some uh, 2022 NHL draft eligibles that we can look into the future for. They are available for a digital download at our website at draftprospecthockey.com. You can visit there. If you are like me and uh, you're a little old fashioned and you like the physical copy in your hand, you can head over to Amazon and we have uh, a print edition of both the 2021 draft guide and draft yearbook available on Amazon. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Brown from Draft Pro Hockey. Jared, thank you again for joining us. I'm sure we'll see you soon. So I won't say goodbye. I'll say see you later. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Jared. And so that was Jared Brown from Draft Pro Hockey. Jess, what a great guy they've got put together over there. They've got a lot of great stuff. You know, it's more than Jared. We got to give some props to Daniel Stewart. He's the editor. That man is must be the most varied individual you could find when it comes to putting together a, such a quality product. It's got to be something to be able to pull together all these different personalities to take care of this magazine. Wonderful job. Wonderful product. Hats off to Dan, Jared, and the whole Draft Pro Hockey team, but that's going to do it for us. Be sure to follow us both on Twitter, at the Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke LeGrounder for myself. If you like this episode, be sure to rate us five stars. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with your friends. Thanks for joining us on this doubleheader of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke LeGrano.
I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you for taking your time to be with us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate us five stars, and we will see you here next week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care.